0: Well, hey there, busy friend. It's your girl, Steph, here. Before we dive into today's episode, I just want to say thanks. Thanks for being here. Thank you for taking a couple moments, breaking away from the craziness of your day, just for us to be able to lean in and spend these next couple moments encouraging one another. I know it's not always easy, especially now where we feel like we're having to juggle and do all the things. There's there's a different kind of rhythm of rush, and there's a lot of different... Things may be people tugging at your attention today, but I just want you to know that I'm glad you're here. So whether you're listening, driving in the car, you're at home doing laundry, or maybe you are that fellow mom that right now is hiding in the bathroom, hoping your kids don't find you (laughs) over these next couple moments together. I just want to give you the space to be uplifted, encouraged, um, maybe to have some of that noise that's surrounding you right now, just get silenced for a little bit and to give you space to breathe. So you ready? Let's dive into this week's episode of Between the Busy. Let's talk about our total wellness, mind, body, and soul. Jim Rohn says we are the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. So busy friend, who are you hanging out with? <laughs> who are your friends? And what if you could be a healthier, healthier, And happier version of you for 2021 just by getting surrounded by the right people this spring. Listen, you can't change the people around you but hear me when I say you can change the people around you. I'm opening up enrollment for next month's virtual fit crew and I am saving you a spot. This community is for support and connection, growth and You'll also get access to my wellness library and all of my fit club resources. I'll also give you weekly meal plans just to help simplify your life and inspire you in the kitchen. But not just that, you will get inspiration, accountability, community, and meaningful connection. To get started, click the link below or go to stephcram.com to join my virtual fit crew and let's get you surrounded. Welcome back, busy friend. I am so glad that you are here hanging out and chatting together. Today, we're going to talk about this topic of digital wellness. And this kind of is a, a spin-off of a previous episode that we did where we talked about taking a social media sabbatical, fasting for a little bit, taking that digital detox. If that is something I will say, we're not going to dive in and, and beat that dead horse. So if that is something that you feel like you need just to get back a little bit of peace and control over your devices, instead of your devices controlling you go back, listen to that episode. But today we are just going to, we're going to talk about this concept of digital wellness and how that plays a role in the things that light our soul on fire. Like Our creativity, for an example, or our relationships, or our own personal health and well-being, right? And what sparked this is at my kid's school, they recently did a digital wellness month, and I, as a mama, thought that this was genius, right? Because my little humans have spent this entire past year, and if you've got kids yours, I guarantee you've done the same thing, where their noses have been deep into their school iPods or our computer to get classwork done, it's they've moved completely digital and they've eliminated that human element at least 50 percent from their daily routine. And so we had to do a lot of adjusting and pivoting in our house because my kids who I mean, they don't live in their devices because I know the damage that that did to me. It literally went from one extreme to the other. And so my husband and I had to kind of navigate that transition with them and try and create some sort of healthy balance. And, you know, if you've got kids and maybe, you know, I know I was this way to to my mom. If our parents tell us to do something or not to do something, it usually becomes like white noise after a while. And it's just like one ear and out the other, not even paying attention. So I was really excited when our school implemented a digital wellness month and and really getting these little human beings to understand the the effects good and bad of technology and and here's what they did they actually encouraged the students to number one and and the parents i think if i'm being honest with you i think this is more for the parents than the kids but they they walked us through how to go into your settings and actually look at the amount of time that you're spending on the screen so how to turn on that that screen time setting and it gave a weekly report on whether it was the apps or the amount of time just spent plugged in. Right. And so we did this with my kids and it was so funny because both Emma and Brody would argue with me and say, mom, I'm not on my device that long. I'm not on my device that long. So I went in and I, I turned this on and you can do this too. Just go into settings, select screen time. It's, I think it's somewhere on the left and then turn on screen time. So we went in and we did this and after after a week i was like do y'all realize you've spent more time on your device than what most people spend in like their full-time job this is crazy but what it did was it brought awareness for them to recognize that while technology is definitely a powerful tool for learning and for information that we have to manage our time and not even just that but our behaviors and our choices on our devices In order to maintain some sort of healthy lifestyle. And so in this episode, that's what we're talking about. Because listen, this was really, really powerful for my 10 and my 12 year old. And as busy adults, we really need to wrap our head around this. Because even if you try and take back control of your calendar, which you've heard me teach and speak on that before, even if you get All of your other ducks in a row, you're making time to put your oxygen mask on first, you're exercising your body, you're eating right. I don't think we have any conceptual idea of how dramatic this idea of digital wellness, how that plays a role on so many other areas of our life and why we may still feel like we are falling short. Right. So so one way to build that healthy digital life is to monitor your screen time and to understand how much time are you spending on a device? Why is this important? Because if you, for an example, look at how much time are you spending in front of a screen, whether it's a desktop, a tablet or your your smartphone, I can guarantee I can guarantee you spend more time staring at the screen. Then you probably do having conversations with people in real life with maybe our kids and our spouse. And listen, I know that that's, that's probably a little bit harsh. And you're like, Steph, that sounds really judgy. No, like I can only confidently tell you that because I had to look at myself in the mirror and I had to self-evaluate because guess what? I was doing the same thing. It's really easy when we feel stressed, when we feel like we're under pressure, when we're feeling even mad at the actual humans in real life around us, it's easy to get lost and to find that like numbing in the scroll. And then what happens is we get we get frustrated because work isn't getting done, we're not feeling productive and we feel like our relationships quite frankly suck because we're not spending time and actually doing the things that demand our attention. So if you listen to the episode where I talked about taking that, that social media sabbatical, that little digital detox. I I gave even a small challenge for, for people that are like, Steph, I can't do like a full 40 day fast on this. I can't like, I I just can't, I'll lose my mind. Start small. So I gave a challenge. I said, here's a challenge for a period of one week, one week, or maybe even you start and and say, do a weekend. If you're really feeling that, that much um, agita about it, take, take, take some time and be 100% device free, no laptop, no mobile device, no tablet, nothing. I can guarantee, I can guarantee that at least 98% of you right now would fail at this challenge in the first hour and go into a state of shock, right? It's like if you've ever tried to detox in real life, whether um, you know, from sugars or from (laughs) pasta and breads, or even from something really, really serious like alcohol. Like there is that, there's that period where your body is like mad at you because you're no longer feeding it the thing that it depended on to sustain it. Do you know what I mean? And and that's the problem that has really, really become our problem as we've become such a digital society and literally every facet of our life, not even just the social networking aspect, but our work. We've seen this the past 12 months that everything requires some sort of digital device. And because we've had to adjust our habits to be centered around this, the absence of that device kind of makes us a little bit confused of like, what do I do with my hands, <laughs> right? At, at least that was that was my first issue. I'm like, what do I do with my hands? And then I like, I already, if you've ever met me in real life, I always talk with my hands. It was extra <laughs> after doing this because I was like, I, my, I have free hands. What do I do? here's the thing. Research has shown that there is an overwhelming expectation for us to always be connected always. And so, so traditionally, when we look at wellness, it's typically dealt with, I mean, exactly what I talk about in our virtual fit crew, we talk about fitness programs and and nutrition solutions and addressing various different like physical health issues. However, the thing that we have yet to catch up with as a society is this idea of digital wellness. And this is really important because so many of us are addicted to our devices because we have, let's see, work emails, chat groups are all on mobile devices. Um, if you, you know, those of you that work, you know, that you're tend, you typically tend to be inundated with work requests at any point of the day, including weekends. Why? Because now it's available. You don't you don't you don't shut down anymore. So here's the first thing that you got to understand. Digital wellness does not mean a complete shutdown. Like rather it encourage you to take a little bit of like a holistic approach to your health and providing parameters and guidelines like rules. And listen, I know that for a lot of us, we don't like to hear the rules is like saying a cuss word because we don't like to be told what to do. We like to do our own thing. But here's the thing. You can't ignore this anymore. And I think it was Duke University put out a study recently that showed there's a significant correlation to the increase of mental health issues and the overuse of technology. And and they continued to dive into this even further. And technology was shown to affect sleep patterns and reduce attention spans and also adversely affect our ability to self self-adjust and self-regulate, which we've talked about in previous episodes. Why do you think that is? And and so here's what we have to do. Number one, we have to learn to start working with technology instead of against it. See, it's not bad, right? It's not a bad thing. It's a gift to have technology, to be able to work smarter and not harder. But we need to make sure that we continue to stay in control of our devices, of our technology, instead of giving it power to consume us. So, oftentimes, the reason why we often embark on these like unsustainable, unrealistic digital detoxes, or we procrastinate in doing the things that we need to do at work, or um, confronting, having that really tough conversation with our spouse, uh, our kids, or a friend, is is because of the overwhelming digital distractions. Right? Like the more the more things that there are to distract us from keeping us from doing the things that we don't want to do, well, guess what we're going to do. We're just going to lean into those distractions and and listen, big tech is very, very intentional with how they slide these things in and and identifying those integration points, right? Like for an example, if you're in an app, how many times does something pop up and whether you do a Google search and you're in Facebook or Instagram and you're like, Oh, That something I just Google search popped up like that's part of the algorithm. That's part of the built in intelligence with it. So you've got to understand you are fighting a device that is fighting for your attention. And guess what? It's winning. So you have to learn how to start working with it instead of against it. Right. So as I said, set that screen time, track your applications. If you are finding that you are spending way too much time scrolling on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, and you're not doing other things. You're not you're not being productive. Whether it is in your work or you're you feel like your creativity is dragging, but you're spending that time scrolling. Friend, like reevaluate where your priorities are. And so there there are ways to work with it. Let me let me give you two examples of how you can track. And, and actually work with technology. I mentioned application tracking where you can get that weekly report of how much time you're spending on each individual app. And, and then that way you can cater to that. And if you're like, oh my gosh, I just spent 20 hours this week scrolling on Insta, on, on the gram, those, those 20 hours, maybe you probably could have spent them in other places, right? So maybe you set a limit and you say, once I hit, I don't know, maybe let's say an hour a day, Monday through Friday. I am set a five hour limit. And when I hit it, it won't let me back in. You can set those parameters where you can still enjoy the device, the technology without it controlling you. The other thing that you can do is I know that you know there's a lot of us that have smart watches or fitness watches to where most of us, we don't even realize how sedentary we've become and you know, certainly if you work a desk job, I like I did for 14 plus years, like we stand up and it's like my, my booty has gotten flatter because I'm sitting on it all the time. And and we just we feel tired because we're not moving. You can set it to send little vibrations every hour to complete a certain amount of physical activity, whether it's just getting up and going for a walk, or maybe you need to get up and, and do some pretty intense cardio, get your heart moving again, get, get that blood flowing again. And and so this functionality is also available too i believe on most mobile devices. And so what this does is that that vibration, that that sensation is really just an external stimulus for you to be reminded to stand up from the desk or the screen and just get your body moving. Right? So so those are ways that you can definitely work with it. But but when we talk about this idea of digital wellness as it relates to our relationships, this this is really really key. This is and I can't stress this enough because let me let me just volunteer myself as tribute. As you know, I, I'm always happy to throw myself under the bus first. I remember when I first started my first online business, I because I, I could work whenever I wanted. I picked my own hours. It was all everything was done virtually. It's how I connected and built relationships. It's how I engaged and um, just, you know, built built that platform. But what I ended up finding was genuinely because I loved it so much, my love of my work that was done on the device because it, I could do it whenever I wanted, ended up taking precedence over my husband. And I will never forget if if you know Big Cram, you know, he doesn't like things like Halloween anyway. And I remember there was one year our kids were you know getting dressed up and they were going to go go trick or treating. And Jeremy sarcastically and in front of in front of a group of friends said, you know, I think this year I should dress up as an iPhone so my wife can play with me. And I remember sitting back being like, number one, I can't believe you just said that out loud. Number two, I'm about to throw throat punch a bro. <laughs> like, that's really mean. But then I also felt incredibly embarrassed because I was like, oh my gosh, like what, is, what does that mean? And he was. very, I mean, it probably wasn't the best approach and, but he was basically saying my phone, my device was getting more of my attention than my husband. Like that. and, And I needed him to say something that dramatic for me to get it. Right. And so my question to you is when, when we talk about digital wellness, is your attention to your device exceeding the time and attention that you are spending to people see technology should never trump a human soul ever i don't care how good the platform i don't care how important your job is i don't care how it's necessary to get stuff done it should never get to the place where technology is replacing a heartbeat no argument period and, and we as a society have to be careful with this, especially as technology continues to be more advanced and intelligent. That's a slippery slope. That's a really slippery slope. But let's talk about how it impacts our family. And even, you know, whether or not you have children, we all have that inner child within ourselves. And, and do you remember when we were kids, our imaginations were just off the hook like I remember I used to come up with some really really crazy stuff and and I know my mom used to look at me and go like did you hit your head like where did you dream that where did you get that from but it was literally because there was no other distraction there was nothing else coming at me and I (laughs) literally thought anything was possible if I could think it I could create it and somewhere along the way the moment we become adults And we get busy and we start to like normalize and get really realistic on what's achievable, what's possible versus what's not. As we get hurt, as we fail and it bruises our ego a little bit, we kind of stop a little bit of that, that childlike faith, right? So, so the question that I have is where have all the daydreams gone? And, and I say this again, if you have kids, I say this to my kids all the time, put down the device and go outside and play, get dirty. Scrape your knees, build something, get get in trouble. Not a lot, just a little bit of trouble. Do some get your face out of a screen. Why? Because it's like tunnel vision. And I think the same applies to us, too. We're we're of all the daydreams gone. And and listen, maybe you don't think creativity matters that much, especially if you don't consider yourself to be super creative or artistic. But can I just tell you that is a lie. <laughs> creativity is a life skill and, and it doesn't matter what you are doing as a job, as a career, what your responsibilities are. You need to be able to think outside the box to problem solve. You need to be able to come up with different ways of looking at problems that's creativity. So in order to get into the habit of finding ways to make, like, especially, like I said, I will scroll if I'm bored. My kids will get into their device when they're bored. It's like we're, we're afraid to be bored anymore. But busy friend, that's where our brain gets a chance to have a break and where our mind gets a chance to wander, right? Like, so get in the habit of just finding ways to be bored, and to rest and just be still and and not constantly feeling like I'm bored and I have to go do something like that's why you're so exhausted. Right. And what this will do is it'll train yourself in that critical thinking in that problem solving and in those innovation skills that you're going to need in your work, in your your spare time. It's the things our kids need for whatever they're going to do in the future. And so it's, it's our responsibility to make room for this important sort of thing to just blossom, right? And so in order to do that, we have to limit the use of technology. Like I look at kids now and I I start seeing this with my oldest who's 12. I'm like, do y'all even know how to have like in-person face-to-face conversations anymore? And busy friend, if we can be honest about this, we're guilty of doing the same thing. I'm usually, my first reaction if I wanna talk to a friend is I'll text him and say, are you free? And then, like God forbid, someone calls you and you're not expecting them to call. What do we do? Voicemail, voicemail. It, it's like we we don't even know how to have an actual conversation with people anymore, because we're so used to communicating digitally, right? So I'm going to share with you a couple of tips, and this is where we're going to wrap it up. A couple of tips to really, really help you. And we when we talk about digital wellness and really creating that white space. For you to just let your mind wander, and to to find that creativity again, to to dream and cast vision, or just to let your brain rest. Okay, so here's a couple things that that I've done. My family is doing this as we speak, and some things that I just want to encourage you to do as well. Just number one, be aware of the digital media distraction. Majority, I would say half of all kids, three quarters of us as grown ups feel like the other people that we are talking to that, that each other, we're distracted when we're talking to each other. So listen, put your phone away during dinner time, and it doesn't make it more kind by turning it face down on the table. That's actually pretty rude. Just put it away, put it away. The other thing have regular sit downs or as I said, screen time free meals with your spouse, grab a coworker, especially your kids. Let that be the time where you get to talk and reconnect. Put down your device, be present with other people, actually take some time and observe the world around you. People watch, listen to nature, go outside without feeling like you have to have your phone, just let your mind wander. The other thing that you can do is avoid that blue light emitting screen before going to bedtime, any busy friend, if you are wrestling with not feeling like your body's getting enough rest, if you feel like you can't ever wind down, this is probably why how many of us fall asleep with either our screens in front of our eyes or the TV on. So, so avoid that in our house, 30 minutes before bedtime, all devices are off. They're put away. And for 30 minutes leading up to bedtime, that's do something quiet, read a book, stretch, go to bed early. I don't know. But but that that will definitely help you. And you can always do extra things, too. If you follow me on social, um, you'll often see me in my stories with my my like blue blocker glasses on. My husband calls them my librarian glasses. And I get these for my kids, too, because it helps to to prevent that blue light emitting um, coming through the screen from really causing us to, to not sleep well, give us headaches, all of that. The other thing is, if you have a child, this is my youngest, he loves playing online games. He loves them. And and I don't think it's necessarily that he enjoys playing the game so much as he likes watching other people play the game, which is just weird. I I don't like video games. I'm I grew up in an age where, like I said, mom was like, go outside, play. And when the sun goes down, you come back inside. We just we just never played video games. My, my brother geeked out on that, but I never did. And so I wrestle with that. And and for the longest time, I was like, nope, you're not allowed. No video games. Well, then I'm like, you know, Steph, like maybe maybe we can give a little grace here. So I started playing online games with them. And this this took some kicking and screaming on my part because I thought that, you know, games like Roblox and Adopt Me and whatever else, Minecraft, I think they're dumb. <laughs> if, if you love them, I'm... I'm sorry. I think that they are just dumb. I don't get it. But I learned how to play from watching my kids. And it just gave us something that we did together, even if it was just for a short period of time. We got to spend that quality time together doing something that they liked and then put away the screen. The other thing is helping especially our kids plan on how they spend their time. So so I've got limits on my phone, screen time limits. My kids have them too. Um, and really focusing on making the best use with what time that they have and teaching them how to be good stewards of their time, right? Focusing on important and favorite activities to avoid sliding into that screen abyss of boredom. Those are all ways that, that you can help to do that. So just a couple of things, friend, you know, we, we talk about health and wellness, mind, body, soul, how to navigate all of this in the busy in the busyness of life. And listen, I know that your device helps to make your life a little bit easier, but I would just encourage you if you are feeling stuck, if you are feeling like you are spending more time scrolling than building meaningful connections with people if you're feeling unfulfilled and maybe you're not going to food or going to alcohol or you know i mean those were my vices maybe you're grabbing for your device it's really like a band-aid over a check engine light this is this is the it's it's covering up a deeper issue so let's go back and focus on controlling what we can control digital wellness is really, really important. And it's something that we have to start learning. We have to start figuring out now. Otherwise, it's going to get the best of us. So here's what I'm going to leave you with. Keep yourself busy by creating something instead of scrolling. Thanks so much, friends. Glad you were here to hang out with us. And join us again next time for more Between the Busy. And set those timers. I promise you'll thank me later.